Well, talk sheep today. We have Elena Barrett. Welcome, Elena. The, the sheep people are, well, they've enjoyed a good run, but it's softened lately. Um, let's hear some views, please, on what they can expect uh, in the immediate future. Well, thanks very much, uh, Mark, and hi, everybody. I thought I'd like to start this um, podcast with um, positive for the sheep industry. There's obviously a few um, less than positive stories uh, getting around at the moment, so good to start on a positive note. And as the spring unfolds, um, we can look no further than our sheep meat exports for a positive. So for the year to date, so far, and that's from January through to the end of July this year, we've seen the highest volume of exports of Aussie lamb and mutton on record uh, ever. So in other words, the world has never eaten so much Australian sheep meat, and we think that's a pretty good thing. And I'll talk a little bit about the reasons why now. So first, let's look to those lamb markets. For the year to date, the export data demonstrates growth of um, 36% year on year to our major market of China. This is followed by a 19% uplift in lamb destined for South Korea. So two big growth markets this year when compared to last year in 2022. There's also been really significant growth in sales to the UAE. Um, volumes are up 50%. Um, that one's a much smaller base, but obviously a huge jump there at 50%. So these markets have been particularly beneficial this year as their growth has offset the decline that we've seen in exports um, of lamb to the US. The US has contracted 19% year on year. And we've talked before about the importance of the US market um, in the past. It's such a key high value market for Australian lamb. Uh, and so we look forward to any news of continued improvement in that US economy. Uh, we'll be closely watching that. And so will the whole lamb industry because um, we saw a slight recovery in exports to the US in July. And so there's certainly hope of better things to come. And that would certainly add some more um, resilience into lamb pricing going forward. So overall for the year, the total lamb exports, looking at all nations, is up around 8% for the year to date. Um, notably, there has been really significant growth outside of those top 10 key export partners that we often talk about. Uh, and we look at the data and we just call this group of nations as a collective other. So these other nations uh, are tracking almost 20% higher year on year. And as a collective group, the other markets behind those top 10 trading partners have actually become our largest lamb export partner by volume month on month since October last year. And that's really significant. We can't ignore that it was the drop in the US exports um, at around the same time that has sort of allowed that trend to emerge. But notwithstanding that, it still has significant positive outcomes for the lamb industry. Firstly, and the, uh, the dominance of any one nation in export trade does represent significant risk. And we've seen that uh, it's been well demonstrated by the recent toils of the barley, wine and rock lobster industries. Um, so building the number of export partners that are purchasing Aussie lamb, along with the volume of those exports, really builds resilience into our pricing. Secondly, we recognise that the growth in exports to these other markets um, have a really strong correlation with the drop in lamb prices that we've seen since around November. Um, but that's also not all bad news. Having some lamb available at a price that encourages new markets and market breadth across the globe, um, it might be a source of short-term pain for the producer who's receiving that lower price. 
But a longer term view would be that this current high supply and lower price environment actually helps to build a global taste um, for the brand that is Australian lamb and grow that longer term demand for the product. So definitely some plus sides coming out of the current lower price environment. Uh, and that would include the processes as well, being able to benefit and trade profitably at the moment. If we turn now to mutton markets, um, in recent years, we know they've become less of a byproduct for the farmer and more of a really contributing factor to overall returns from the sheep enterprise. And mutton exports through to the end of July have seen an even more exceptional growth um, than those for lamb. Um, we've got a really mature flock now. We've got surplus ewes entering the market. Um, it's a vastly different story than it was in the early 2020s when the nation was rapidly restocking. Um, so for mutton exports, they're up in total by 53% year to date compared to the last year. And that represents the most Australian mutton ever shipped to key trading partners like China, Malaysia, and also the US coming in there as a key partner. And in the same way as I discussed for lamb, we've seen exceptional growth in the supply of mutton to other nations. Again, those nations outside of our top 10 importers. Um, the growth in these other nations to the end of July was up 38% year on year, also really staggering. And these nations are now collectively Australia's second largest mutton market behind China. Uh, and all the positives there apply as per uh, the lamb industry as well. So just remaining on the export data for another moment, what can't be ignored, unfortunately, is that we did see an overall contraction in exports between June and July, just from month on month. In particular, it was China who experienced a, a drop in both lamb and mutton imports. And some more broad economic data on the health of the Chinese economy does unfortunately confirm that overall China experienced a contraction in all of their goods imports and exports throughout July. And of course, our economists will tell you that this data is one of the demonstrating or key signs of a slowing economy. Um, when we look back to sheep, more specifically, the decline was most apparent in mutton as opposed to lamb. Uh, however, you we can also note that historical data suggests reduction, um, a slight reduction in exports in July is not uncommon for this time of year. And on top of that, it also coincided with a significant reduction in mutton slaughter in Australia. Um, it was the same time as we had processing plants out for winter maintenance. And we also have most of our ewe flock at this time of year, um, either with lambs at foot or at the point of lambing. So mutton slaughter did drop back quite significantly in July. The corresponding exports through to China were back, but yet we can't ignore um, what may be a slowing of the Chinese economy. As we move into the spring months, um, the strength of that demand from China and those other key nations we've mentioned, particularly as our surplus views find their way to the market, um, will no doubtably impact on price and we'll watch uh, with interest as that unfolds. If we look now at pricing and we start with the eastern states, we continue to generally see a downward trend. Of course, there's localised fluctuations from week to week and sale yard to sale yard. But uh, with two particularly sharp drops seen over winter, first in June, uh, then following a slight recovery, another in July, we saw all classes of stock impacted. Uh, we do, however, continue to see price favour quality and weight. This was particularly the case as the last of the 2022 drop lambs came through to market. And the indicator results show us that uh, the Eastern States heavy and trade lamb indicators um, 
halves, 33 and 34% respectively, um, through the winter period that is, but the restocker lamb indicator, those lighter types of sheep not ready for processing actually more than halved. So they took a really big hit um, as there was not much demand for them in the market. If we look to the West now, uh, lower prices coming into um, the spring when compared to the Eastern states did make the drop seem a bit less stark on a national scale, but it was certainly still experienced. Um, WA's leading indicator through the MLA reported in indicators is their restocker indicator. It dropped 27% through the winter period and the mutton indicator was back 22%. What this has achieved is a spread between eastern states pricing and WA pricing for these lighter sheep closing and probably at the same time it's taken with it any opportunities for transfer of sheep uh, east to west or west to east, so for producers on either side of the country. Uh, and indeed if we look to some data around that interstate transfer we can see that for the season to date and last year as well the transfer of WA sheep across to the east is really the least favoured option for WA producers at the moment. This really spiked throughout sort of the drought restocking period of 1920 and 2021, uh, when we saw those prices for ewes in particular drive a lot higher in the east, uh, but it, since it's returned to sort of less than overall uh, 5% of WA's total sheep offtake. More interesting data out of WA is that the percentage of sheep and lambs being sold through the live export supply chains um, is another major change. Um, it has dropped from around a quarter of all offtake uh, 10 years ago to just under 10% uh, under the current conditions presented by both the market and the regulation um, involved. And of course, we watch with interest as to the outcome of any changes to the trade and we'll be working closely with our customers in the West as they face any challenges that this may bring. Going forward now into the spring, um, conditions for the current lamb drop are okay in many parts, but not so good in others. Um, however, it still suggests there could be a large crop of sucker lambs soon presenting to the market. They have been a little bit slower to hit the market this year than in the past. Export demand in those key high-value marks, uh, markets such as the US over the months ahead will no doubt play a role in the price as with a level of finish of these lambs. Um, it's continued to be likely that lighter and restocker type animals may struggle to find that price support just due to the high overall supply that's expected to continue. Now we know going forward the producers are really conscious of the bomb outlook for the remainder of the year for the spring and summer ahead. We know that in some parts they're already really dry conditions presenting and when we combine this with the global economic uncertainty that I've discussed, unfortunately it does little to support any vast improvement in pricing from current levels in the short term. It probably needs to be stated that the risk of oversupply of sheep and lamb in Australia to a sluggish global economy does exist, um, particularly if a period of dry induced destocking was to occur. Um, but we know that sheep production remains really focused in the southern parts of the country, where conditions remain generally okay. Um, we've got 60% of the national flock in New South Wales and Vic. So it's really a watch on how producers in these parts fare um, in terms of the weather and then what decisions actually start to play out in terms of the economics of feeding, selling, holding, um, whatever the decision may be. We do know that many of our producers are coming off a series of really excellent seasons. There's been significant investment in containment feeding infrastructure, um, and there may be a case 
of plenty of good fodder on hand on farm as well. So it's probably not unreasonable to think that a slower and more restrained destocking might be possible if it's at all required. Uh, and this would be a good outcome for all in the supply chain. Um, but in saying that, we also know that the economics of drought feeding are likely to be uh, pretty different to the most recent dry that we've experienced just largely due to those lower starting prices. So for our producers this year, it'll be that all important forward planning, the individual business strategic decision making, the conversations with advisors, uh, deciding what triggers to pull and when. Um, and no doubt that's all very front of mind for our sheep producers entering this spring.